0: Achieve it. Here's your host, Ivory Lanou, renowned angel communicator. Do you want to know more about angels? Are you ready to level up your spiritual journey? Then you are going to love my inner circle and Patreon. Membership includes great benefits like virtual workshops, mentoring programs, topical videos, interesting posts, a supportive, like-minded community, discounted sessions with me, and access to a library of videos and posts on topics you care about like angels, spirituality, healing, and personal growth. Join and begin your spiritual expansion today. That's the Angel Room Inner Circle on Patreon. Hello. Merry Christmas to you. Today's topic here in the Angel Room is Mother Mary. Before I start with that, I want to say a special hello to my listeners in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. So happy to have you here with me. Thanks for joining in week after week. Um, Let's get into this because I have a lot to talk about today. I thought this would be the perfect day to talk about Mother Mary, one of the most holy figures in the world, and let you know a little bit about her her life before Jesus, after she had Jesus, you know, on, and up until her death. So if you ask someone to name a famous Mary, they're almost certainly going to mention Mary, mother of Jesus. She's perhaps the most famous Mary in history even an object of worship for some. It's not difficult to relate to her story. Think about something like this happening to you now. You might think, what just happened? Why would God choose me? I'm not ready to be a mom. I I want to enjoy just being a wife for a few months. What will all of my friends and family think of me? Will my fiancé believe that I wasn't unfaithful? I don't want this. I know it's supposed to be a blessing, but I don't want it. It's not what I wanted for my life. Oh, whatever plans Mary had for her life went out the window that day. She was going to be the mother to the Savior, and it wasn't going to be smooth sailing. Why she's called Mother Mary. Actually, she was named Miriam. After the sister of Moses. Why do we call her Mary? Miriam is Hebrew, while Mary is a New Testament blend of two Greek names, Miriam and Maria. Mary, with Joseph, protected Jesus from another jealous king, Herod the Great. One meaning for Mary is wished for child and she certainly cared for a most important child whose safety was under threat from murderous authorities. Mother Mary was worshipful, faithful, and also courageous. There's some prophetic roots about Mother Mary you might find interesting. The prophecy of Isaiah foretold that a woman such as Mary would emerge one day to give birth to Israel's wished-for child, their Savior, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Mother Mary loved God and wanted to serve him with all her heart. Luke recounts how Mary was told by the angel that she would become the mother of Emmanuel. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word for me be fulfilled. Where was Mother Mary from? She was probably born in Nazareth during the reign of Herod the Great. That reign lasted from 37 to 4 BC. Mary spoke Aramaic with a Galilean accent, according to Matthew, and also had contact with a multilingual world where soldiers spoke Latin, Greek was the language of business and education, and Hebrew was the language of Jewish religious life. She was part of the peasantry, which included skilled tradespeople, but which faced a triple tax burden. They paid Rome, Herod the Great, and to the temple. Typical family homes at that time consisted of three or four houses of one or two rooms each, built around an open courtyard. And in that courtyard, relatives shared an oven, a cistern for water and a millstone for grinding grain. It is also where domestic animals lived. Mary would have spent most of her time doing housework chores, including strenuous physical work. Let's talk about Mother Mary and her young life. That's something that's not often spoken of mary would have been married as early as age 13 in order to maximize childbearing and to guarantee virginity that was per the standard of the time and remember the lifespan was so much shorter then. so people matured faster jumped into an adult life earlier mary lived with joseph jesus and also james and joseph judah and simon plus sisters who were not named in the Bible. I wish they had been. It would be interesting to know. Mary was a tough woman. She had to be. It is written that she was capable of walking the hill country of Judea while pregnant, of giving birth in a stable, and of making a four- or five-day journey on foot to Jerusalem once a year or so. She slept outside and engaged in daily hard labor at home. She was likely illiterate since women rarely learned to read and write during this time. It was a period in which oral transmission of information was typical. Mary was taught to expect the promised Messiah. As a Jew, she had been learning about biblical prophecy her entire life. She became part of the fulfillment of God's ultimate plan when the angel declared, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be Son of the Most High and will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Later in the Bible, Mary declared he has helped a servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Her song, it said, is the oldest Advent hymn. So what happened after Mary realized she was with child? He followed the law, and he had the right to abandon Mary for being unfaithful, but he didn't want to ruin her. Imagine how the conversation between Mary and Joseph went down when he found out she was pregnant. Did she tell him, this isn't what you think? And he didn't believe her? Did they argue? Did she cry? Did he cry? However the conversation happened, we know Joseph had decided to leave her. He didn't want to ruin her reputation and social standing, and he wasn't going to stick around after she got pregnant with a baby that obviously wasn't his. It took an angel of the Lord in a dream to convince Joseph that he didn't need to worry about taking her as his wife and that the child was from the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that Joseph was part of God's plan and Mary didn't have to be a single mother in that time that would have been more than a nightmare. Let's talk about Mother Mary and life with Jesus. We don't know much about Mary because the gospel is Jesus's story, not hers. We might surmise that because before Jesus's resurrection, Mary must have been confused After all, Jesus began his ministry by offending the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, and he continuously upset the Pharisees. Mary believed her son was insane. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. That is in Mark in the Bible. Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. While this does not point to animosity between mother and son, we see that blood did not determine family in Jesus's view. Honor your mother and father, Jesus said. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. One can imagine how hurt or even angry Mary might have been initially with no explanation or preparation for this. Imagine imagine being a mother in a situation like that and having your adult son saying, this is my mother. This is my family. It would be very confusing. God's family was broadened by adoption beyond ethnic boundaries. Paul speaks frequently of adoption by faith. The apostle John wrote it this way to all who did receive him to those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent not of human decision or a God's will, but born of God. For a mother who might have believed she should hold a special place in her son's heart, the equality of Jesus's love might have hurt deeply at first. Imagine how difficult that would be as a mother today. Many mothers experience something similar when their grown children embrace new friends as family and they feel like they choose them above their family of birth. Later, Luke records how she treasured up what the shepherds reported to them. Mary recalled how, after losing Jesus and finding him at the temple in Jerusalem, obediently learning about the Father, Jesus was likewise obedient to his earthly father. She treasured up this experience in her heart also, meaning that she accepted the situation and embraced it. Let's talk about Mary's death with Jesus because her death is very much entwined with that of Jesus. Mary was the only person to be present with Jesus at his birth and his earthly death. His earthly father, Joseph, presumably died because he's not mentioned after Luke's accounts of Jesus's childbirth. The Bible states, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. By these words, we know that Jesus cared deeply and personally for his mother. And we see that Mary witnessed the last hours of Jesus's life. At that time, she was probably close to 50 years old, well beyond the age at which most women in that era died. One can only wonder at the torture she experienced watching her eldest child die, and whether the angel's words from three decades earlier haunted or comforted her. In my work, I work with every day with people who've lost their children, sometimes in childhood, sometimes in adulthood, and the pain, I can feel the pain that they go through. And they didn't have the comfort of knowing that God was involved in the situation or that Jesus and angels gave them messages about them. It's just pain, and it wouldn't have been any different for Mary. Even knowing that this was a blessed event and it's the way the Lord wanted it, it would still hurt her very deeply. She might have been one of the women at the empty tomb, but these women have not been definitively identified. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them encountered angels at Jesus's empty tomb and told this to the apostles. But Mary, mother of Jesus, is not specified. Mary was still alive when the new church emerged. Luke said that she was in the upper room in Jerusalem with the 11 remaining apostles and a group of over 100 people. And that's what I mean about her death being entwined with his because her death just ignited a deeper fire within her to continue her son's work, to continue his mission and and continue spreading the word that he came with. I want to talk about what's called the falling asleep of the Holy Mother of God. The document written in the voice of St. Jane the Evangelist recounts how the Archangel Gabriel came to Mary as she prayed at the Holy Sepulchre, the tomb in which Christ had been laid on Good Friday and from which he rose on Easter Sunday. Gabriel told the Blessed Virgin that her earthly life had reached its end, and she decided to return to Bethlehem to meet her death. All of the apostles, having been caught up in clouds by the Holy Spirit, were transported to Bethlehem to be with Mary in her final days. Together they carried her bed, again with the aid of the Holy Spirit, to her home in Jerusalem, where on the following Sunday Christ appeared to her and told her not to fear, while Peter sang a hymn. The face of Mother Mary shone brighter than the light, and she rose up and blessed each of the apostles with her own hand, and all gave glory to God, and the Lord stretched forth his undefiled hands and received her holy and blameless soul. And Peter, John, Paul, and Thomas ran and wrapped up her precious feet for the consecration. The twelve apostles put her precious and holy body upon a couch and carried it. The apostles took the couch bearing Mary's body to the Garden of Gethsemane, where they placed her body in a new tomb. It is said that a sweet perfume known as the odor of sanctity came forth out of the holy sepulcher, and for three days, the voices of invisible angels were heard glorifying Christ, who had been born of her. Her being the mother of Jesus made her a holy vessel, and that was never forgotten. When the third day was ended, the voices were no longer heard. And from that time forth, all knew that her spotless and precious body had been transferred to paradise. The falling asleep of the Holy Mother of God is the earliest extant written document describing the end of Mary's life. And as we see it, it indicates that Mary died before her body was assumed into heaven. After that time, history says no more about Mary, the mother of Jesus. She lived through every gamut of emotions a mother can face and was even loyal to stay with her son as he died on the cross and how extraordinarily painful that had to have been for her, but she was there for her son as any one of us would want to be for our child. I'd like to talk about visions of Mother Mary. It's something um, that's been very dear to me. Even as a very young child, my favorite movies were ones about the children who saw Mother Mary and she spoke to them and, you know, Lourdes and, and different places in the world where children would repeatedly see Mary and receive messages. I could feel how holy that was in my heart. And I was just absolutely enchanted with those movies. Apparitions of the Virgin Mary, inspiring wonder and devotion among millions, have been tracked for centuries. From a village in Rwanda to a rock cave in France, sightings of the Virgin Mary have been reported across the globe since 40, well, AD 40. The Catholic Church has recognized some visions of the Virgin Mary. These include sightings in 1531 in Guadalupe, Mexico in 1830 in Paris, France, in 1846 in La Salette, France, in 1858 in Lourdes, France, 1917 in Fatima, Portugal, 1932 to 1933 in Beauregne, Belgium, and 1933 in Banno, Belgium. Her last claim of a public apparition was in October of 1950, and it drew 30,000 people. Many, many people want to see Mother Mary. I I understand. Her words at her first recorded sighting were: "The world can only be saved through peace, but the whole world will have peace only if it finds God." Reconcile yourselves. Be brothers. Uh, I was blessed with my first vision of Mother Mary at age thirteen. I my parents sent me to a summer camp in Annapolis, Maryland at a university in the summer that was for the arts. And I studied music and theater and I would go with my friends to the chapel at night and I would call in angels. I mean, even then I was doing angel work. And one night we were there and this huge vision of mother mary came in that was about 20 feet tall and she looked very much like you would expect her to i was i had been going to catholic church i still was going to catholic church at that time and she looked like the statues only she was moving and she smiled and her eye you know her every part of her moved she wasn't just a statue and she looked down at me and smiled and she didn't say anything that i was conscious of but i felt Her energy go through me, which was just this incredible peace and love. And it was just one of the most beautiful moments. In 2020, she began appearing for my spirituality group during our meetings at my home. Uh, She doesn't come in every time, but she comes in. And sometimes we just feel her. And sometimes I'll also see her. Um. Sometimes when there's a group of people, the people who have um, a very high frequency may see Mother Mary or another apparition, and everyone else might just feel it. So it just depends on your frequency. I want to tell you about a really lovely book, a recent book about Mother Mary that I think you would really enjoy. My dear friend, Terri Ann Russell, was visited by Mother Mary recently, like last year, and given 12 transmissions of teachings which will align your consciousness with your higher self, with a high direct connection to your heart and life. I wrote the foreword to her book, uh, and it's called Reaching for You, Mother Mary's Workbook for Spiritual Transformation. Before I wrote the foreword, I, I did all 12 transmissions so that I could feel it for myself, and each one lifted me higher. I could feel Mother Mary coming in. It was very beautiful. And I had some interesting experiences, which I wrote about in the foreword. And it did give me even a deeper connection to Mother Mary. So you can get that book on Amazon. And again, it's called Reaching for You, Mother Mary's Workbook for Spiritual Transformation. You could just send a reach for you. And the author is Terry Ann Russell. In closing hopefully you have a better understanding of who mother mary was the life she lived and the challenges she faced with such courage my goal today is to, to sort of help you connect in a way that makes her feel more real to you sometimes the the longer history goes by about a person the more they don't they feel like a character in a book and not real and i think it helps to think about how you would feel if you were going through such a situation and especially, you know, all the, the fallout around it. And it does make you feel very admirable of her and how strong a woman she was at the sacred time of year. Perhaps you could say a little prayer or send a blessing to Mary. She will know you're doing it. That, that kind of thing is never overlooked, never wasted, I'm so glad you could tune in today, and I truly hope you have a joyous, lovely holiday. Um, tune in next Sunday. The topic is creating joy in life. I wanted to start off 2023 with lifting your frequency and helping you feel more joy and hope going forward. Uh, it's very important, and it can be it can be a game changer. So please join me for that one on the first. In the meantime, may your angels surround you. May your angels protect you every moment, every day of your life. Have a Merry Christmas. Arizona time for another enlightening episode.